Hey everybody! Welcome to Verbal Diarrhea, another episode. Hi everybody! Today we're here with Rachel, one of our guests that's going to be talking about or answering questions about what is her perception of black in white spaces. Um, Varaz, are you going to start the questions? Okay, so question one, Rachel. How would you define white spaces if you would define white spaces? Have you observed an observable white space and an observable non-white space? So in our research, um, white spaces has been defined as spaces like social economical spaces that have previously been dominated by white people that black people are just now getting access to. Yeah, then I have the first example that pops in my head is Malkbos. Malkbos is a city town just off the coast, close to Kuburg. Mm. Um, it's pretty much a, from what I've seen, white dominated. I've only ever seen predominantly white people there. Okay, so you, so you said Malkbos was like a white space because you see that it's predominantly. Um, white people so would you say you've ever becoming you've ever been in contact with like a black space yes okay yeah it's a completely different vibe mm. from what i found mm. it's it's kind of nice to get that kind of perspective okay you see the two but i have been um i've been in eastern cape yeah i've been down in the western cape but I see that the lines are like blurring between white space and um, what do you call it? The black space as well. Yeah. They're starting to blur. Oh, okay. Meaning it's becoming more diverse. It's becoming more diversified. In what way? Like in the way people interact with each other or? Interact, but also where, they, where they're now moving to. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So if people are now working and they saving and they're getting jobs they can now move to a place that they can afford or people cannot afford and so the lines are blurring especially in this economic climate people cannot afford to get big houses so they share flats and then you have this whole diversified flat space yeah okay so so okay so this is not supposed to throw you off board but so why so you define white space as now where it's predominantly white people like milk boss there's other areas a lot a lot of other areas like that so then would black space for you be um a place where there's diversity not particularly just black people but like more races interacting with each other because then i think when we say black spaces we're also including other people of color but it's just in contrast to saying white white space it would be black space yeah people of color and a whole that yeah it's more diverse it includes Mm. yeah because we had the similar conversation to another guest and she said, or I said to her and she confirmed this is what she also felt, that there is no real black spaces. There's just what you what we would say is white spaces, which is spaces where I feel like black people are afraid to be too black. And then you've got other spaces, which are more neutral spaces where everybody could just be themselves. And those what is what we would define as black spaces. Would you agree with this? Or is it a different issue for you? I agree, mm-hmm. but why would they feel afraid to be black? Uh, speaking from pers- 
experience like if you say like why would a black person be afraid to be black in a white space um from my personal experience there's a cap to how um ethnic or mm. how much of yourself you can show in the white spaces can i bring it can i bring in a sports metaphor it's something that i recently learned so yeah there was this documentary called chasing the sun which is based on how the south african springbok team won the world cup yeah and the yeah. first thing that they had to do was basically meet their quotas in terms of race the trans the trans they call it the transitioning period or the transformation period one of the two mm-hmm. and they were speaking to the players who are of color and they said that yeah i may i felt like i was the only black person on this team and i felt like i was just meeting a quota mm. and that i wasn't actually part of the team you know they felt like they were just filling something yeah. of politics and then when rasi erasmus came on he put more players in who are people of color and those who are actually good at what they do and all of a sudden their mentality changed yeah they changed and they didn't feel like a quota anymore they felt like they actually belonged because there were more people that looked like them mm. understood their languages could communicate properly and they started working as a team mm. and it felt the atmosphere changed completely and i think that that could have the same effect if if it was applied in south africa yeah you know yeah i think it is it is Everyone, like that like what you said now yeah. is is like so before um Rasi Erasmus it was more like a white space and a lot of that also feeds into i read this one person on linkedin who was talking about how they had imposter syndrome because um she grew up in germany mm. so she grew up in germany so she was she was half black and half white but she was the only person of color like in most of her schools so most of the time when she like got awards she was she's very intelligent got so many awards and everything but she was felt like oh it's maybe because um now it's a trend to be of color they have to include us to you know to look um yeah. like they're forward going and whatever so i think you do have like some kind of understanding but so this third question was going to be would you like you said that you went to the eastern cape and that you observed some black spaces some white spaces yeah. the next question then is um would you say south africa as a whole like as a country and the way you've experienced it is a white space yes and no mm-hmm. whites are the minority in this country yeah i think they just occupy what is considered the like the best land mm. but at the same time that's not true because you get find white people in also in not ideal situations yeah i do think that people of color are trying to occupy the best lands because you see that there's like places like kalicha danoon mm. um where it's not ideal and that the, they should have houses provided to them. Yeah. Okay, so do you think the concept of white spaces and black spaces how do you think it correlates to the idea idea of um white privilege? I guess it's because there's some form of sense of entitlement mm-hmm. that comes with that. And once like it's all where you are located as well where it comes with that entitlement and the so-called white privilege. um so once again it's say if you live in malkos yeah. where it's could be or stellenbosch it's used stellenbosch because that's the example that you use 
Stellenbosch has this idea of being like rich because there's a lot of farmlands and everything. And then with that, it has the concept that, oh yeah, people can afford this and people can afford that. And they get jobs here and they get jobs there. And it kind of does feel like a sense of white privilege. But at the same time, we've got to remember that um, some of these people also had to earn what they do because they could have come from nothing and they worked their way up. I find that more and more people um, are actually struggling quite a lot, especially with COVID. I've noticed that there's a lot of like white beggars, mm. especially along like Durbanville and Bloberg Road. And it's, it kind of like, not humbles you, but it just makes you realize that everyone's in the same boat. Everyone is struggling. This everyone has to deal not with the same thing, but like different things, different economic pressures with this war. Yeah, but like and it, it, it's but yeah. like what you said that you know people some people came from nothing. Like that's true. There's some people that came from nothing and they had to build themselves up. Like some people now white people in Cape Town really had nothing to begin with but worked their way up. But then looking at that, let's say we were all on the same level, then black people would have just as much. Mm-hmm. Black people, black South Africans would have just as much if that was the case. But the case is that black people didn't get the chance. They were not allowed to build themselves up the way white people did. So that's what white privilege is. It's not saying that they don't struggle or that COVID wouldn't affect yeah. white people. It does. It affects everyone. But the fact that you are leap years ahead of us economically because of the past is what has to be acknowledged, right? Yeah, that's, that is based on apartheid yeah. as well. One thing apartheid that Ubuntu education essentially destroyed or is, yeah, it basically destroyed the economy because now you have generations with no, with no schooling and now trying to live in this world based on minimal schooling and trying to get skills and semi-skills and they'll forever only be living in like a certain bracket and then they have kids and then they can't afford to send these kids to like proper schooling and the cycle repeats. Yeah. And I think that's where also the issue comes in is that we need to educate everyone, which is why education is so important because education will uplift this country. And I, I value education so much. Yeah, no, I get that. And yeah, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrible because, and that's why the BE is in as well so that these people can get people of color and women and I think disabled fall yeah. in that group as well. They can yeah. get jobs. They can contribute to society and they can uplift society. And then the cycle will slowly be reduced because now they have a really good job or they have a job and then they can provide for their family, send them to school and then their kids can go off to university or can start a job, become an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, and it's a slow process, but it's hopefully going to end somewhere with the economy and the education and the upliftment of people. Yeah, but that's yeah. like what you said. It, it makes sense. And I think it's on its way. And we can even see in the media now that black people and people of color are being embraced more, even like like what you're saying about um, gay people or transgender people like we are getting to a point where we're starting okay we're starting to um embrace each other but like speaking of white 
black people in white spaces or white people in black spaces have you ever been to some parts of south africa or even cape town or anywhere where you went and you felt like or you didn't belong there you didn't feel welcome because of your race i've been to a couple of other townships around south africa where it was mainly people of color but i didn't feel out of place because i know that it's this is their town i'm in their space so I kind of just had to be like, okay, this is this is you guys, your guys' space. But I didn't. That's an interesting thought, actually. Yeah, but then like, if you're saying that, okay, you kind of had to respect like the boundaries and be like, okay, you know what, I'm white in a black space, so I should keep to myself. Yeah. Would you say that would... that applies to everybody? Like, if I'm in a white town, like if I come to like, if I go to Stellenbosch, mm. should I be like, I'm black? in a white space and they're like you can only speak Afrikaans here and you can't do this you can't do that should I oh be like oh I'm in your space I better respect that because like what you're talking about earlier is about uh, learning no. the lines and I feel like we should integrate like I mean it's 2020 how are we still having white spaces and black spaces are we even having this conversation you yeah. know so what when you so what what would you say then, yeah. like to that like thing is being in another person's space, I know I'm not going to be there, mm. like, long. And I, I don't like being by myself in, like, if if I'm in a different space, especially, mm. like, townships, because I feel it, my mentality is, like, oh, my God, I'm a target. I, like, yeah. stand out here. Like, and I feel like that's the same for the opposite when they're yeah. in a white space. It is. You know, I feel like they also get very intimidated and very isolated. So it works both ways. And I feel like because it works both ways, people need to realize that we're human, right? We feel the same things and that they should become more integrated, yeah, more yeah. blurred. And like, if you go back to that Stellenbosch example, I don't want to be forced to speak Afrikaans if I don't know the language, you know? So I do, you need to... And also, to if you're going to live in Stellenbosch, to accommodate that transition to moving into white space, there needs to be an element of, like, making it feel homey. So speak your first language. But allow for finding, having other people so that you can make more friends who also, like, say, speak your language or understand you, mm-hmm. etc. Just not make one feel isolated. Okay, okay, okay. I understand what you say. Do you have a rebuttal? Um, or- a part of what you said was um, how you felt out of place because you felt you were a target. A lot of black people in white spaces feel this way, but in a deeper level to where yeah, yeah, they get they're in a white they're in a space they know they're probably the only black person there, and then in mm-hmm. addition to that they can say or do something that will offend a white person in the space unknowingly and that it will impact more than just like their social standing but also the economic mm. okay. so what are some of the ways that when you're in white spaces you how what do you do to make the black people around you feel more comfortable and feel more welcome in order to make people feel more comfortable, I think it's just best to get to know them as a person. Mm. You know, mm. try and get them included, invite them to um, more events, some games, uh, have a game night. Mm. But I just, I find that learning about someone's culture 
and being invested in what they do and how they it actually it's kind of a nice feeling when you when someone asks you oh is this how you do it and just have an open conversation you know what happened with clicks here in south africa what did that show you about maybe where we're standing in terms of our post apartheid spectrum in south africa it's just showed like we're still pretty divided in terms of race and that we haven't made any contribution towards accepting other races um the people i mainly spoke to the younger the younger generation about clicks and they pretty had they had strong opinions on the matter as well but in terms of like there's nothing wrong with the ad it's been um like taken out of context taken out of context by the older generation and then you speak to you or I didn't speak to anyone of the older generation but I spoke I've seen like facebook comments and twitter feeds about their opinion on the ad and you can see and how they felt but I think the good thing that came out of clicks is that it actually sparked up a conversation a conversation in terms that there is racism in this country even after apartheid that desperately needs to end there needs to be more acceptance more love um because i think a lot of people are still very sensitive especially post after post apartheid and that just shows that we made very little to no progress towards i think what Nelson Mandela spoke about in terms of unity which i think is sad because it's been 25 years and we are meant to be a united front but we're not so i'm hoping that with the whole black lives matter um and working towards unity is going to be the goal yeah. of 2021 when our focus is not on covid but rather not on racial division but on unity what about the brackenfell incident what are your thoughts on that from what i've read and from the paper trail is that all emails or all invitations got sent to everyone in matric but it got to the point where it's 500 rand a ticket for the venue plus um dresses shoes heels so it's the matric dance is over 1000 rand and in covid times it is very difficult to get 1000 rand in money So it's understandable that people couldn't go to the dance. And it just happened to be the people of color couldn't attend the dance. But what I think and then obviously that caused the whole outspark. And in retrospect, they should have done is that those who couldn't go to the dance, there should have been a fundraiser. There should have been a fundraiser to raise money so that everyone can go to the dance because it's 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 your matric dance. I mean, you have to go to a trip dance. So everyone should have kind of like contributed, raising money, selling hot chocolates, selling marshmallows, get the money so that you can raise the money for their tickets. Mm-hmm. And the EFF protesting out of racial undertones. In terms of, okay, there's there's two racial undertones from what I gathered. It's the one that there hasn't been any teachers that are of color. for like 20 years or something mm. or is it the one where like no 
will lower the light into the dance. The EFF is now instead of the because they realized they made a mistake with the with the people of color going to the dance because they were invited. It's now the racial indifference with the teachers, and they were protesting that on Friday. And there is, I find it very suspicious that there hasn't been a teacher of color for 20 years. And I do believe that needs to be looked at because that's, that, that is fishy. I mean, we have to admit, but at the same time, we've got to look at the other side where these are teachers, teachers can stay at the same location for 20 years and not move at all. So we got to see like what teachers are there from like 20 years ago who and people that have left, what CVs were there where, te- where a person of color who was qualified? Because you cannot tell me in 20 years you haven't had a qualified person of color. Like they need, they, they, there has to have been a couple who have applied. Okay, so then the, the last question that we have because we know you have to go is, so do you think that globalization or mm. the internet has changed the way we perceive original significance in those spaces i like the fact that the internet has actually brought light to issues especially with the black lives matter like everything blew up that summer in america and it brought it highlighted issues and what's the internet also has anonymous people who would voice their opinions but at the same time you get people who are anonymous but they give out racial slurs on the internet that it actually shows people's real their true selves where they are actually racist online and then the whole internet divide as well i don't know if you if you guys saw it in the black lives matter thing but the internet was divided on the issue and it depends on as well as who you follow like say on instagram because you tend to follow people who are more accepting more liberal um they're the same as you so your instagram feed will be more about love and acceptance and unification. Whereas, say, a conservative person would follow, yeah. oh, I don't know, Trump and like his parties, and everything's like mm. none of this and divide this, and it's it's horrible. So the internet can both be good and bad. It's just it's your take on it, and you just hope that you are able to read both sides of it mm. and form your your opinion. And hopefully form the right opinion towards the right goal. We don't have any other questions. Do you have anything you want our listeners, black and white and colored, to take away from this conversation? It's important to educate yourself on things. It's important to understand how impactful racism can be. How it actually damages the economy. It stunts growth in any form. It creates an uncomfortable environment. And so what I would like people to do is be acceptance of everything. Accept people for who they are, no matter their racial background. All right, enjoy their company, learn something about them. And just, I don't know, it's just, it's hard for me to actually just tell people go and accept that people because... Many people struggle and have their own, I know they grew up a certain way and now to like diverge out of that would be difficult for them. But I encourage people to just step out of your comfort zone, 
and go learn learn a lot about people. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate having someone of your background because so far we've mostly had guests of color mm-hmm. and their contributions have obviously been valuable but it, i think it will be good for our audience to hear from a perspective of someone who's grown up in south africa and who's grown up differently than our other guests to our listeners we hope that this discussion was insightful we hope that you came in and you heard what was on our heart and you heard what was what was on our hearts and that it will inform your interactions in the future with people outside of your race in a good way. So yeah, we've talked a lot. Almost too much. <laughs> we hope this is helpful. Yeah. Um, share this podcast with your family yeah. members if that's alright. Like send it to your family members, send it to your classmates, your peers, send it to your friend in America or in Switzerland, Germany, yeah. wherever. So you guys remember to hit us up on our Instagram and on our Twitter. Follow us and interact with us. We also have our email that's in the description below. Yeah, sending you guys good vibes and positive energy only.